and greetings. Shabbat Shalom to the 12 tribes scattered abroad. We are here. We are live and we shall survive. Yes, we shall survive in the midst of the apocalypse. Thank you for all of you that do support this ministry with the giving of your tithes and offerings. Blessings, blessings multiplied to you a thousand, a thousand fold. And blessings and Shabbat Shalom to all of you in the chat, the world over. Remember, go to TorahToTheTribes.com forward slash connect and connect with one another during the week on all the Zoom platforms. And thank you, all of you that were on the Shabbat Fellowship today and prayed for me and lifted me and my family up. Um, I hope I can get through today's teaching without being a blubbering idiot. But if I do burst into tears, it's because I have faced the lions gone into the lion's den and felt their hot breath and come out unscathed, a little shaken, but stronger in faith because Yahweh is leading us out of mystery Babylon and some old fool has to go forward ahead of you all and navigate the way and it is treacherous and perilous, but there's a way out and we're going to find it. But today... I am going to do a totally different teaching because I slept not one minute last night and I was up all night, literally, crying out in prayer on my knees and I just cannot teach Revelation 20 in a systematic theology way. So... Please, in your own time, study this chapter out. Get into the language. Get into it and break it down. What does it mean? We're looking at S.A. Tan being bound for a thousand years. Well, what are we talking about? Premillennialism, postmillennialism? Is Messiah coming back before the millennium and we're going to rule and reign with him here on the earth? Or is he coming back at the end of the millennium? I'm not going to give you those answers today because I want to share with you from my heart and I'm going to try and hold it together. So please, don't hate me. But I've got to be real, and I've got to preach and teach the Bible in conviction and truth. So I have a title for today's teaching, which I will be jumping off and using the text of Revelation 20, but it will not be systematic breakdown of the word. I want to teach today about my completed redemption. And those of you that have had your life changed by the blood and the stripes of Yahushua who sits at the right hand of the Father, then this teaching is about your completed redemption. It's a recalibration of our hearts. It's a recalibration of our minds. It's a recalibration of our faith. I know that I needed it. It's about hope and security in a hopeless and insecure world. Hope and security in a hopeless and insecure world. And yes, 
Essay Tan is going to be bound for a thousand years. You can put me in lockdown, but the lockdown that I'm going in is going to be nothing in comparison to S.A. Tan's lockdown. So they're trying it out on you and me because he knows ultimately lockdown is coming for him. So I'm not going to worry about it. What we see in the natural is going to happen supernaturally in the natural, if that makes sense, to S.A. Tan, because he's going on a thousand-year, a millennial lockdown. That's for sure and for certain in Revelation chapter 20. And we are going to rule and reign and be free in liberty. Biblical freedom. Not the freedom that this world wants to offer you and pull away. No. True biblical freedom. But then there's going to be those that rebel. Rebel. But that rebellion will be crushed. And ultimately, it comes down to our completed redemption because one day we are going to stand at the great white throne judgment. That's Revelation 20 in a nutshell. The theology of it and the breakdown of it, I'm not going to get to today because I want to teach to you from my very, very heart. But what I do know is that we are in the days of Elijah. As Malachi the prophet said, remember the Torah. Look at us. How did we get here? I was a happy, clappy guy in Calvary Chapel. And now look at me. What happened? Because I remembered the Torah of Moshe, my servant, which I commanded him in Horeb for all Israel, with the Mishpatim and Chukim, with the statutes and the judgments. Behold, I will send you the prophet Elijah before the coming of the great and dreadful day of Yahweh. And he's going to turn the hearts of the fathers to, to the children, the next generation. All of the stuff that I'm trying to do, not only in ministry, but in my natural man, is for the hope of the next generation, for you guys and for my sons and daughters, for the, for the youth. That's why I won't acquiesce to stupid. Because then I'll become stupid and then the next generation becomes plundered. Somebody's got to make a stand. And I'll stand on the small things because it'll train me up for the big things. That's it. It's going to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. This is the reality. I have a spirit, a ruach of Elijah awakening upon me. I know it. Because I have become so awakened, just like John the Immerser became so awakened to the corruption around him that he could no longer tolerate being in its midst. I can no longer tolerate being in the midst of the world because I am so aware of the corruption around it. He said, I'm, I'm, I'm out of here. I'm going to the desert. I know I, I'm, I should be the high priest. But John the Baptist said, no, I'm going out to the desert. 
I'm going to live a monastic life. That's my temptation, to live a monastic life and just be like done with it. But he became awakened to the corruption so much around him. But he did something about it. And I've become so awakened to the corruption around me. I have become so awakened that I have that same calling. And what did John the Baptist do? He went out and he saw ultimately when you become so aware of that corruption, there is one message. And it is a message of repent. Repent, for the kingdom of Yahweh is at hand. Behold, the Lamb of Yah. Behold, the Lamb of Yah. That is our only redemption. When you become so aware of the corruption, it's not my systematic theology. It is the Lamb of Yah and saying, we've got to repent. Because the kingdom of Yah is at hand. It is time to get right and it is time to gather. Because look what it said a few verses before in Malachi 4. Because this ties in with the great white throne judgment of Revelation 20. Do you fear his name? I fear his name, Yahweh. The son of righteousness shall arise and he will bring healing in the wings of his garment. Just like the woman who had the issue of blood for 12 years. And you shall go out and grow like fat stalled calves. You shall trample the wicked. For they shall become ashes under the soles of your feet. What does that mean? That means that when we abide in the son of righteousness, we come under his redemption and we accept the healing that is within his wings. That is completed redemption. And we will be able to exchange our garments for his garments and his righteousness will cover us, that we will be able to stand and stand. And if you can still stand, stand at the great white throne judgment and you shall pass through the fires of judgment because and only because the blood of the lamb and the exchange of your soiled garments, which are as filthy rags for his perfect unspotted garments. And those that think they can do it in their own theology, their own strength, their own might or whatever, they will just burn and they will become ashes under your feet. My security and your security is completed and done. And I saw a heavenly angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold of the dragon, that old serpent, the devil, and bound him for a thousand years. Now, the angel of judgment comes into full scope here. The angel of judgment and destruction that Yahuwah oftentimes used in the Tanakh against the wicked. He used that angel of judgment when Balaam was upon his ass, did he not? He used that angel of judgment when David 
rose up in his carnality and said, I'm going to go number the children of Israel. And an angel of judgment, this same angel, appeared to David to slay him because of the numbering, to slay Israel because of the numbering and the counting of which he should not have done in First Chronicles 21. And then in Second Chronicles chapter 32, there was, of course, the angel brought forth to those of Assyria. Do you want me to answer that? I can take it. Are you ordering pizza? But here in Revelation 20, the angel finally lays the ultimate judgment upon Satan. A thousand years of lockdown. But the question I have for you is, did we reach up to heaven? Did I reach up to heaven in my grand splendor and my great might of Matthew Nolan? Heaven forbid. Heaven forbid. The angel came down from heaven. And the Hebrew word here is yarad. It's yod, resh, dalet. Yarad. Yarad. Heaven is calling. Do you, do you want to look? It's a flip phone. Let me show you how it works. Hello? Older generation, I tell you. I just don't know what to do with them, do you? Outrageous behavior. What is that, like 1988? Something from Motorola? Good night, Josephine. All right, back on track there. I was really trying to get deep in the word. Now you've brought me right back into the carnal. Look, we all need a reality check. Thank you for the reality check. But we need a reality check with the word of Yahuwah. And I hope this whole series of Revelation has been a, a scriptural reality check for all of you. I mean, I know that it has been for me. Because there's a lot of chaos going out there. But there's also a lot of spiritual chaos in the apocalyptic, isn't there? But there's another reality check for some. And for many. And this is what I want to talk about today. It's a strong desire to move into a new chapter of hope and security in a hopeless and insecure world. Because in Psalm 49, verse 7, it is written, None of humanity can by any, any means redeem his brother. None of humanity can by any means redeem his brother, nor give to Yah a ransom for him. No matter what you do, no matter what I do in my natural person, I am not going to be able to redeem you, redeem myself. We are beyond redemption by humanity. Yet the world right now, in its dying, decaying format, believes that it can redeem itself. And all of the tyranny that's happening right now is because the world is doing the opposite of this very verse. They don't know this. They think that they can bring forth redemption of themselves. Social justice. Political activism. Racial equality. 
Now, those things in themselves are not bad. But when you look to humanity to redeem you, you are lost, my friends. You are hopeless and gutted to the core. We cannot be like them. We cannot be like that. None of humanity can by any means redeem his brother, nor give to Yah a ransom for him. Meaning all that I can muster in myself, all that you can muster, all that we can think, all that we can put together, it matters not. All my prepping, it matters not. Because ultimately, either I am secured, you are secured, saved and safe, or you're not. I'm talking about the victory has already been secured for me. And I pray the victory has already been secured for you. How can we apprehend it and live it today if you hear his voice? You see, the first time Yahweh came down to check on us as a whole, humanity in society, we were not doing very well. So my view on chapter 20 today is going to be through the eyes of our completed redemption. My view on chapter 20 today is going to be, write this note down if you're a note taker, through the eyes of mine and yours, I pray, completed redemption. You can read and study the whole text of Revelation 20 at face value, get into it with systematic theology for yourself in your own time. But I want to look at the state of my life today. I have to. And if you are with me and you're with the Son, then join me and look at the state of your life today. Because the first time that Yahweh came down into my life was the day that my life changed. But the first time he came down to check on humanity in society, we were not faring well. In fact, the first time Yahweh came to, down to us as a whole humanity in society, we were starting what Yahweh is now actually finishing here in chapter 20. We were starting what Yahweh is now finishing here in chapter 20, bringing to a close, not only in Revelation 20, but currently in our world, this very moment, this very decaying day. Mankind is in universal, humanity is in universal rebellion against Yahuwah. We have gone from Genesis 11, Babylon, to Revelation 20, COVID-19, 2020, mystery, Babylon. And the spirit of Elijah has to confront the wickedness. It has to. 
cannot tolerate it and it cannot acquiesce with it and it cannot cohabit with it. It has to pull out. Come out of her, my people. Come out of her, my people. Genesis chapter 11, Bereshit 11, verse 5. And Yahweh came down, Yarad, Yod, Resh, Dalet, to see the city and the tower which the children of men builded. We weren't doing too well, were we? And Yahweh said, behold, this people, they're globalists. They have become one. Universalism. All roads reach heaven. As long as you go through the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. With Elon Musk and Neuralink bringing up the rear. And they all have one global language. Not only an internet language, a DNA language. Through RNA vaccination, they will break down your body language and you will be humanity 2.1. And this they do. And now nothing will be restrained from their eyes, which they have imagined in their vain imagination to do. Nothing. Well, let's take a sheep and a pig and let's mix them together. Well, let's take a slave from a China camp and put them with the CEO of Apple and build a new iPhone 12 and do some human justice, social justice warrioring. And let's not really realize the fact that these were built on slave labor. Oh, we don't talk about that. John chapter 3, verse 12. If I have told you earthly things and you don't even believe me, then how on earth are you going to believe me if I try to tell you of kingdom things? No man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that yarad, he came down into my life. He came down into your life from heaven. It wasn't about me reaching up in my magnificence. It's because he came down into my mire. And pull me out that I have redemption. Even so, the Son of Man which is in heaven. John chapter 3 verse 15. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. For Yah so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. That whosoever believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. For Yah sent not his son into the world to condemn it, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not, he's already condemned, isn't he? Because he hath not believed in the magnificent name of the only begotten Son of Yah, Yahushua. Words mean things. I began today's teaching by telling you I haven't slept a minute, literally. In 2002, I went back to England and I didn't sleep 
hardly a minute one night, and Yahweh woke me of what little sleep I did have, and gave me a word, and it troubled me because I was scared that I was going to get up that morning and I was going to go before the right honorable ladies and gentlemen of the House of Commons and the House of Lords and that I was going to stand up in front of them all and that I was going to say thus. Whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For Yah so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For Yah sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And he that believeth on him not is condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of Yah. And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, but men have loved darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For every one that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in Yah. And I was like, really? I'm going to stand up before the right honorable ladies and gentlemen of the House of Lords and the House of Commons, Parliament, and I'm going to read John 3.16 in their hearing? Yes. And I was like, oh, no. I don't want to do that. What are they going to think of me? That's going to be my speech? Yes. Can I add to it? No. Can I make it short? No. And I did it. And I was terrified. But I knew, as I know now, that there are certain things that I must do before powerful men and powerful women that this world would look to but proclaim the most simple message. Because if you deny me before men, then I shall deny you before my Father. That is where we are, my friends. That's all I can share right now on this fabulous platform of YouTube. But I want to continue a little further by talking about our redemption. For you note-takers out there, I pray it's your redemption. I know it's my redemption. There's five things I want to focus on today. Five things. It's my struggle. It's your struggle. It's redemption. Number one. Now, when I say this, you're all in the audience and in, in the chat are going to go, well, we already knew that. That's no surprise. Okay, give me a break. Number one. 
I am totally, utterly depraved. I'm depraved. There is no good thing in me. There is nothing in me that is redeemable. Number one, I am totally depraved. How can someone who was dead choose life? Did I choose him when I was 24? If I was dead, how could I have the capacity within me to choose life? I was dead. There is no good thing in me. I am utterly, totally depraved in my old natural man. And dead things cannot make a choice. Yarad. Somebody, the blessed son, John 3.16, had to descend and come down from heaven and intercede in my dead state and bring it to life. Can we admit that? That's the first thing. Romans 7. I am carnal, sold under sin. Sin dwelleth in me, in my flesh. Dwelleth no good thing. Evil is present. I was born a slave in captivity under the law of sin, which is in my very members. Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? Moi? My fabulous intellect? I'm being facetious. No. Because how can something that is dead choose life? Life has to come in and touch death to resurrect it. So the first things first in our redemption, number one, we are totally and utterly depraved. There has to be intercession. Yarad. Yahuwah has to come down from heaven to ignite life in the dead. And the way that he chose to do that is a narrow way. There's only one way that that spark ignites, and it is through the blood of Yahushua, the Messiah. It's that simple. Number two, unconditionally, I was elected, and so were you. And there's two things that really stand out to me here. Number one, I was unable, when I was younger, to know Yahuwah. I was unable to. I mean, I grew up in the Church of England. I mean, I went to a Church of England school. One of our curriculum was Bible study. Christianity was all around me. I went to Sunday school. But I was unable to know Yahuwah. And number two, I was unwilling to seek Yahuwah. I was un totally unwilling. I made a pilgrimage to Jerusalem when I was 19. I couldn't wait to get to Dahab to smoke weed and go diving. I'm just being honest with you. Okay? 
now I've lost some credibility with my son. No, he doesn't even know what I'm talking about. He's thinking I'm thinking garden weeds because he's pure. And to the pure of heart, what were you doing smoking garden weeds, Papa? Well, you know, the old fertilizer back then. Look, I was unable to know Yahweh and I was unwilling to seek him. Why? Because of something called unconditional election. Because I was dead. And a dead man cannot take initiative, can he? And that is why I realized, how can a dead man take initiative? It took Yahweh initiating change in my miserable, wretched self. Yahweh initiating salvation into my miserable life. It was Yahweh who chose and it was Yahweh who took action, not me. And if you're a believer, he did the same to you. It wasn't your action. He had to initiate. Who are we but filthy sinners? Saved by chesed, grace. 1 John chapter 4, verse 9. The love of Yah is manifest in us. That Yah hath sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. And herein is the love. Not that we loved Yah, but that he loved us. And he sent Yarad, his son, to be, I love this word, the propitiation for our sins. The Hebrew word there is kaporim. From Kippur. Yom Kippur is coming up in a few days here. He is the pro Yom propitiation is coming up in a few days here. There we go. That's how that's what we'll call it. There'll be all oh, those Torah to the tribes, Malki Zedi, they don't even call it Yom Kippur anymore. They call it Yom Propitiation. Yes, it's the Malki Zedic priesthood. The third thing in my redemption, and I pray your redemption, is this thing called limited atonement. If you're taking notes, the third thing is limited atonement. And it's about purpose and accomplishment. So it's twofold. Purpose and accomplishment. What was the purpose of Yahushua's death? So I could dress up like a Levite priest and, and become rabbinical? Was that? What was the purpose of Yahushua's death? Was it so I could have hot cross buns with my family members and do things like that? What was the purpose of Yahushua's death? And what did it accomplish? Is salvation just merely possible? Or did he actually save those for whom he died? Think about it. The Bible teaches that Yahushua actually atoned for those the Father chose. He propitiated the wrath of his Father toward us and he took it upon himself, actually redeeming us and reconciling us specifically to his Father. That means election. The elect. And I know some of you are going to go, well, that's not groovy, man. I don't. But okay. First Peter 
chapter 1, verse 2. Take it up with him. Elect according to the foreknowledge of Yah the Father through the sanctification of the Holy Spirit unto obedience and the sprinkling of the blood of Yahusha. It's scriptural. Wrestle that one out. That's the third component to this walk of mine and this walk of yours, I pray. And now... I get to the fourth part, and I think of this irresistible grace in my life. Because when I was lef- left, excuse me, when I was left to live my own life on my own terms, I automatically gravitated. To the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I didn't know it then. But my theology as a dead man was I want to eat the fruit of everything. And then I'll decide if it's good or bad. And I came over to America with that theology. And it destroyed me. Because there's one problem with that theology is once you've seen it, you can't unsee it. Once you've tasted it, you can't untaste it. And it gets into your core and it corrupts you. And at some point, I was like, oh, oh, I have seen and done things. I should never have done. How can I ever undo that? Could I go preach on the corner with a Bible and, and, and put all of these works of right? And is that going to... How can you ever... Un, you can't. Yarad, the sun has to come down and do a work in you. Left to my own devices, I resisted the grace of Yahuwah. But when Yahuwah came down into my totally depraved life, and then he worked on my heart through his Holy Spirit, through the Ruach HaKodesh, and began the process of conviction and regeneration within me, he created a new will within me. Then that which was desired... Listen then that which was desirable to me before became undesirable. And that which was undesirable, seeking him, wanting him, became so desirable to me. He changed my appetites from a natural man into a supernatural man. That is regeneration. And it's irresistible because it is irresistible irresistible grace what i ran from yahusha i now run to and what i ran to sin i now run from meaning fallen sinners automatically resist yahuwah's grace and yahuwah's people 
fallen sinners, by default, they automatically resist Yahweh's grace and they automatically resist you if you're a child of Yah. They can't help it because they're dead. It's the fallen state default. It's not personal against me. It's not personal against you that they're not listening to you. It's not personal, Matthew. Don't take it so personally. They're dead. It's their default to resist Yah and to resist the children of Yah. It's the fallen state. But when Yahweh comes down, his regeneration, his grace is effectual. It overcomes sin and it accomplishes his purpose in your and my life. And it is a blessed assurity. And the last thing of our redemption is the perseverance of the saints. The fifth thing, the perseverance of the saints. Now, it's not so much my magnificent faith or yours, Pastor Don, magnificent faith and perseverance, much like a lot of you that know me personally, and especially my wife, as with my Elohim, it's the perseverance. My wife's at home and she's like, going to go, Amen to this. It's the perseverance of Yahuwah with me. It's the perseverance of Yahuwah with you. The saints. Yahuwah is always persevering with us, keeping us from falling. And because of his perseverance, we are empowered by his spirit to then persevere. But it's only because he's persevering with me that I'm able to persevere. It's only because he's persevering with you that you're able to persevere. We persevere because Yah preserves us. He preserves us from full and final falling away from him. John chapter 10 verse 28. I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My father which gave them to me is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. That's powerful. That is our assurity, and that is our redemption. Five things. Number one, we are totally depraved. Number two, there is an unconditional election going on in our lives. Number three, limited atonement. It's about purpose and accomplishment. Number four, he has irresistible grace. And number five, the perseverance of the saints. It's not my strength. 
It's because he perseveres with me. Revelation chapter 20 and the third verse, it is written, And I cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more until the thousand years or the millennium are fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed for a short season. So Satan is temporarily put into a bottomless pit, a void place, if you will. And this is a different destination than the beast and the false prophet that we saw in chapter 19, verse 20, because they were put into the lake of fire burning with brimstone. Look at verse 4. And I saw thrones, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given to them, and I saw the beings of them that were beheaded for the witness of Yahushua and for the word of Yahweh, and who had not worshipped the beast or his image. Neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands, and they lived and reigned with Moshiach a thousand years. I mean, that's why I'm not a great fan, and I'm taking my stand. I'm not a big fan of the scanning of the forehead, okay? Trying to get private medical data from somebody who's not qualified to do it that I haven't consented with. Because you're just setting me up for one day you're going to be doing something else on somebody's forehead. Okay? So I don't like the frog in the boiling water. Okay? I'm just saying. It's a lot more effective hitting the wrist. But you have to go for the forehead. You have to radiate my forehead, right? You have to do that, don't you? Because it's a sign of control and it's a sign of slavery. And you're trying, it's psychological warfare that's already, I spoke about this last week, being tested and tried. But I know the end game and so do you. That's why I'm taking my stand way back here at the beginning of this nonsense. Because I want to stay out in the cold, if you will. No gently warming this bad boy up. Look, it's our obligation more now than ever before we recalibrate to our heavenly mandate to live actively in this dying society. I mean, I want to run away. I do. I want to be monastic. I don't want to go out. I just want to have some little chickens and vegetables and weeds. I like legitimate weeds, you know, because I can hoe them. But we have a calling to live actively in society and to work for the transformation of this world and this culture. I don't want to do that, though. But we do. You see, transformation is possible, but only through those five reality checks that I gave you. Five reality checks in Yahusha. You see, I've given you over these past 2019 chapters a lot of apocalyptic fleeting and fleeing into the wilderness theology and isolating from this COVID world. For sure and for certain I have. I mean, I'm fed up with this world. I have to tell you, yes. But I also see, and I don't like this, but I also see that I am called into the world and not to withdraw from it. Not quite just yet. 
I tend to be drawn personally into a monastic life. It's where I feel most comfortable. But what about feeding the hungry? What about clothing the naked? What about visiting those in FEMA camps? What happens if I'm taken away? Will you visit me? Will you? How am I going to accomplish these things? How are you going to accomplish? I don't know, but I must. We have to plan for this eventuality. I mean, will we sneak bread into the weary in a FEMA camp? Will we sneak a blanket into the weary who got caught up in a FEMA camp? Those less fortunate than ourselves? What happens if we're called to the greatest call of all, to lay down our life for our brothers and sisters in the face of tyranny? I mean, that's ultimately the call. Verse 5, this is the first resurrection. But the rest of the dead live not again until the thousand years were finished. Blessed and holy is he that has part of the first resurrection. On such the second death has no power. But they shall, shall be the priests of Yahweh and of Messiah Yahushua. And they shall reign with him throughout the millennium. This is amazing. But there is another lockdown coming. For us. But there's going to be a lockdown that makes what we've been going through seem like nothing. So no matter what injustices, threats, and intimidations come my way, that you may be suffering too. Maybe you've been threatened. Maybe they're intimidating you at work. Maybe they're threatening you and intimidating you when you try and buy some carrots and a loaf of bread. But S.A. Tan is going to get a lockdown magnified for a thousand years. That's what he's going to get. First Thessalonians 3.13, it is written, To the end he may establish your hearts unblameable in the holiness before Yahuwah, even our Father, at the very coming of Yahushua the Messiah with all of his saints. Who's coming with him? Just the saints that have no head upon their shoulders or all of his saints? All of his saints. Not just those that were beheaded. Meaning, it's all his saints who go into the millennial, not just those that were beheaded. 1 Thessalonians 4.14 For if we believe that Yahushua died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Yahushua will Yah bring with him. Meaning all the saints are coming, not just a select group of martyrs only, which some would teach that. Look at verse 7. And when the thousand years are expired, Revelation 27, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison, 
and shall go out and deceive the nations whom are around the four quarters of the land, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle the number of whom is at the sand of the sea. Now, a lot of people contacted me. What's going on with the Abraham Accords and President Trump? And should we expect the Gog and Magog war? And all of this is... Prof- Hang on a minute. When? When is the battle of Gog and Magog? After the millennium. So I can't quite grasp anymore the prophecy club and evangelical prophecy conferences telling me that the battle of Gog and Magog is going to happen here soon because now we've got the Abraham Accords and Trump is all involved. Hang on a minute. Slow it down. Look at verse 9. And they came over the entire width of the land and surrounded the camp of the Israelite saints and the beloved city, and fire came down from Yahuwah out of the heaven and devoured them. And Esatan that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Now, John 5.29 really explains what's going on here. All will rise, but with a difference. The dead in Yahushua will rise first in the morning of the resurrection, in the beginning of the thousand years, in a traditional pre-millennial eschatological view. And therefore, they're mentioned in John 5 first. The rest of the wicked will not rise until the evening of that day, till the thousand years are ended and therefore are spoken of last. Chapter 20, verse 5. So the former are going to rise by virtue of their saving faith in Yahushua, our redemption. The other, by his power, yes, for sure, and by the hearing of his voice, But the saints, you and I, will rise to a glorious, glorious bodily, powerful and spiritual. But the wicked men, though with bodies immortal, vile and dishonorable. And their bodies will turn into ashes under the feet of the righteous. So one will rise to life of joy and happiness everlasting. The other, though, they will rise in misery. They will rise in woe to judgment, which will lead to the second or eternal death. Does that make French? Makes French to me. Look at verse 11. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it, from whose face the world and the heavens fled away. And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before Yahuwah, and the scrolls were opened. And another scroll was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the scrolls according to their own very works. Again, the chief needs of the saints are spiritual. They're not social justice. That's not our calling. But social justice is all we can ever expect from the unredeemed. 
That's all we can ever expect from the unredeemed, which is why we're seeing so much social justice going on right now. Why? Look, listen, the believer will automatically evangelize when he senses the apocalyptic doom clouds approaching, right? You see it in the movies. The guy's out there with his cardboard sign, repent, repent, the kingdom of Yahweh is at hand. You see, the believer automatically, when he senses the doom clouds approaching, goes into evangelism. Man needs salvation is his clarion call. But the the unregenerate, on the other hand, the dead man, what does he do? Because he does sense the apocalyptic doom clouds approaching, but he's unregenerate. He can't evangelize. He has no message. He can evangelize. And his message is social justice. The reason that we are seeing such an uptick in social justice right now is because the dead, unregenerate humanity is sensing the doom clouds of the apocalypse all around them. And their evangelical message is social justice work. That is their God. And they are sensing what you and I No, the scriptures is calling to the days, the days ahead. That is why it has exploded today. They being dead don't know why they are doing it, but we being alive do know why they are doing it. It's a dead form of evangelism from the dead to the dead. It's the only hope they have. It is not a message for us. And we are not to receive it because we are alive. We are to evangelize the truth of the scriptures, not social justice warrior and all of that politicking. Because it's dead. And it's from dead men for dead men. It's a dead message. And it's their form of evangelism. And I confess to you all, I have been caught up in a little bit of it. I confess it. Because I am utterly depraved in my natural man. And there is no good thing in me. But thank goodness when I err, his saints can speak into my life and his irresistible grace can bring me back to the central message of the gospel. It's all about Yahusha and the definite redemption that you and I have. But I can get tangled up in the web, I admit it, and I sometimes have, because it infuriates me so. But why? Because it reminds me of dead me. That's why it upsets me so. It reminds me of my dead man's evangelism. Bit of love. Lava lamps and loviciousness. Because that's what I used to preach. Human reasoning and holding hands. We are the world. 
We are the people. Smoke another spliff and come on by to my lover lamp. I mean, I was singing that kind of stuff and doing that kind of stuff. That was my social justice work. That was my form of liberty. And it left me nothing but depraved even more. But you see, dead men end up at the bottom of the seas of maritime law. They see no liberty. And the dead, the sea gave up the dead that were in it. And death and Sheol delivered up the dead that were in them. And they were judged, every man, according to their own works. Verse 13 of chapter 20. And death and Sheol were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. If any of you want to cut a record with me, now that you've experienced my voice, email me at showing my age, vinyl, a record. Right? a mix a lot up here I used to mix a lot but it wasn't records let me tell you anyway they see there's that dead man trying to raise back up again it's a constant battle isn't it but you're so pure and innocent like driven snow you have no idea just like my child of what I'm talking about I love it that whosoever those whosoever's was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire You see, it's our continual adherence to our belief, despite the fact that I do get setbacks and am discouraged, often by the circumstances that I find in society, and often by the circumstances that I find within my own life. Despite the opposition that you face, despite the opposition that I face, and we will face, Opposition, and we are assured of persecution, more are coming. The reason, though, that we are going to get through this next season, the reason that we are going to get through this next season is because he is persevering with us, that we are able to persevere in faith and obedience because Yahushua will preserve you And he will preserve me. He will. When I'm scared. And when those paper giants are all around me. And man, there's a lot of paper giants around me right now. And I can't look at them as giants. I have got to see that they're just paper giants. I struggle. But I am delivered unscathed, not a cut upon me. And then I go home and I'm like, oh, I should have said this. I should have done that. I could. That's the natural man. He delivered me miraculously in so many areas of my life. But the area that mattered the most is the assurity of my definite and your definite redemption. Yahusha, listen as we finish with this. I pray that I can drive this home from my heart to your heart. Yahusha is under promise to his father 
and to his people directly to keep us so that we never perish. Those who the Father has given unto him would be preserved. I mean, do you believe that? I do. We will be preserved through whatever's coming to glory. Yahushua continues to intercede for us. When the world seemingly has abandoned us. It's unconscionable to think that Yahushua's prayer in the garden would go unanswered. Absolutely unconscionable. So what are we worrying about? It's going to be more than okay. It's perfect redemption. It's perfect grace. Manifest in my life and manifest in your life. And we've already obtained it. We've already obtained it. I am going to try and be in a celebratory state as I see this more. Because we can celebrate today our present and future security and rejoice in the certainty that Yahweh will complete the good work that he has ignited in us because he yarad, he came down through his son. And he ignited us. So, all that to say this, we cannot, we simply cannot try to live a believing life in our own abilities. Those who attempt to do so will fall away and fail abysmally in their false profession of faith. And I think you're starting to see that all around you. You're like, whoa, 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 how? It's a false profession of faith. They've done it in their own abilities. And therefore, it's the wearing down of those saints. But they're really, many will come to me and say, Master, Master! And they'll say, away from me. You, who weren't preaching the Torah in the spirit of the prophet of Elijah. Because we're in the days of Elijah, of Malachi 4 and 5. It's our calling today, if you hear his voice today, if you hear his voice, to pursue holiness of heart and love of neighbor to show ourselves regenerated. Now and never shall be a time to become entangled with worldliness, for by so doing we would deny the very nature that has been secured for us. So... I am committed to manifest a humble, grateful desire to please Yahuwah who saved me and to be secure in the knowledge that he will keep you and I safe forever in spite of what our eyes may see with the paper giants in our frailty of experience. Today I am frail, but tomorrow I will be awakened in strength because of him. I will abide. Will you abide? Abide with Yah. For Yah so loved the world that he sent his one and only 
begotten son, Yarad, came down unto us. That's my story. That's all I've got. One filthy, rotten scoundrel that gets the honor and privilege of preaching the most magnificent gospel. Gospel, gospel. Let's see if you guys are chatty, chatty, chatty. Let's have a look, see? If you have, there you are, if you have questions in the chat, if you want to redline me, then you will stand out. Stand out. I see so many of you in there that I'm getting to know. Giant killer, of course. Shabbat Shalom. Yashub calling out Def Jam Records. Yashub. Shabbat Shalom, my brother. Much more truth down there in Florida. Baruch Hashem Yahuwah. Covenant keepers. Be a seller of oil. I love it. I love it. Praise his holy name. So many things. So many things. Make sure our names are not blotted out of the Lamb's book of life. Says much more truth. And Chris in FEMA Region 4, Shabbat Shalom. He says, I am banned from my wife's vinyls. Scratching records get you time out. You know, I threw away all my wife's finals when we first got up the dead woman. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> no, we're not going to bring up the dead woman, but I can have a little bit of fun. I can have a little bit of fun. Modesto, Shabbat Shalom. The faith to truly believe that it takes a faith that seals you. So your belief in this proves your security. Hallelujah. If you want to have a little chat, put a red line. Emma Guzman and the Guzman Three. During these times, we really do stand out in the crowds. We are sore thumbs now. Yes, we are. It is true. Very true indeed, aren't we? Ah, let's see. All right, here you go, here you go. I'm like, I'm not seeing any red line. A little bit of vinyl, huh? Grafted into the root says, as Malkizedic priest, should we pray the ironic blessings over our loved ones? Yes, it's a fabulous, fabulous benediction, for sure and for certain. I love to do that. Shiloh, Shiloh up there in postal van, um... He says, do you feel reviewing the simple scriptures of redemption grounds you more as you get older? With me, when desire runs low, I fall back on the doing the promised habits that scripture is. For sure. I mean, I'm that my life and really seeing just how weak I am and just seeing how all my might, all my power, I'm just a paper giant. You know, and that we not, we are not of this world. We really are just passing through. And I know that sounds cheesy, but uh, you know, we're talking about mixing vinyl. That's cheesy too. So Chris in FEMA Region Four says, "Keep it up. I see you as a dad. So you need a man to get into a firefight with. Call me. Oh, good. Really? Can I? Cause um, yeah." We have got some trials and tribulations 
coming for sure. Man, I do. I feel so alone oftentimes. And uh, to have some brothers around is just truly, really would be wonderful, wonderful. Christian, Michael Christian says, thanks for being real today, Matt. Oh, maybe we, I don't know about that. Let's check it out. There's a super chat. All right. Emma Guzman says, if there's another lockdown coming, how do you suppose we prepare? Do you think it will be worse? Well, whew, yeah, loaded question. What do you think? Yes, nodding. Somebody else answer that question. Good question. All right, let's take it to the back there, Miriam. And then, oh yeah, mic up, mic up. So the, so the brethren in the chat, super chat, not quite yeah, excuse yet. Excuse me with my throat a little here. But, it's okay. Um, no, they're wrapping up. I mean, they've already decided, you know, what they might do. And all this thing about saying that they have vaccines that, you know, it's just recent. It's not recent. They've been planning this for some time. So they're just trying to wear people down, which is the smartest way they do. They do it psychologically, which is, you know, brilliant because they come up with the falsehood of, oh, well, we're trying to protect you or whatever, which is not scientifically true because it's all pseudoscience. And so, unfortunately, most people are ignorant and most people will not look into them, look these things for themselves because you can look these things up yourself and realize that it's just, they're all lies. It's not really true what they're telling you. But unfortunately, most people don't want to do their due diligence as we ourselves have to do, as I said, when we go into the word ourselves. And so, therefore, you know, pretty vicious as far as for them to say, you know, well, why don't you just maybe take the vaccine and then everything will go back to normal. We'll return to life as it was. And the truth is life will never be as it was. Yeah. So that's why the best thing, as I said, just trust in Abba, trust in our Father, trust in our Heavenly Father, because He is the one. Because no man can redeem his brother. Only Hallelujah. Let's pass it up here to Chelsea here. Put you live here. Um, Good to see you guys up here in studio. Yes. What are your thoughts here? I know you're balanced. Well, I think that um, as far as things getting worse or the next lockdown being worse, I do think that this is kind of like the time that the Bible talks about of the ones are just kind of the testers, see how you do and how you handle it. And then progressively it gets more and more intense until it's actually time. That's why there's right now so much data studies, so much of your information is being collected to recalibrate on the next phase. And that, that's the big thing of, uh, of why we've got to be... Uh, um, watchful in that area too. Thank you. Desert Windsurfer. What was the word that sounded something like erats? Oh, I don't know. What did I say? Did I say erats? The earth? Possibly. Diesel, gra- oh, where did you go? Diesel, I saw Diesel Grandpa and then he exited the chat. Somebody bumped him. Where did he go? Where did he go? Up there in Washington. Where did you go? I had your diesel, diesel. Ah, there you are. Diesel Grandpa. You are my brother from a different mother, but both sons of the same father. If you're interned, I'll bust you out. Thankful for you. We're all blessed today. Our praise be. Thank you. Your prayers are much, much, much. Ranjada. Thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs up. 
covered in prayer from Shabbat Fellowship. You guys did cover me in prayer today. Thank you so much for accepting me in my weak state today. Hearing about the Melchizedek in the past couple of weeks and people saying that they've just been like binge studying the Melchizedek and all just this massive awakening. It's just huge, huge. Um, Ermgard Nagel, that's a terrible pronunciation, I'm sure, I'm sorry. Thank you, Matthew, it's touched my heart and I understand now more more that what he started in me, he is going to finish. It's not me. Hallelujah. That is the truth. <sighs> and then Rachel Hernandez, Shabbat Shalom, Rachel. She says, I thought I was the only one who believes that the battle of Armageddon was at the end of the millennium. It's clearly the book of Revelation state. I'm so glad to find out that you also see it that way. There's so much misinformation with the Christian Zionism and the Messianic Zionism and the creation of the state of Israel in 1948 is biblical Israel and then prophecy fails, prophecy fails, prophecy fails because it's not biblical Israel and the Abraham Accords isn't anything to do with Abraham our father. It is again another false flag from the politics. So, yes. Chris, FEMA, Region 4. I'm geared up, Matthew. You tell me when. Let's see if we can connect me um, with Chris if he really is geared up because, um, yes. Um, let's connect, Chris. Um, where are you? I lost you again. And through um, Shabbat Fellowship and maybe we can have a, a conversation. Um, you know, we, we do need to raise up a spiritual army, for sure and for certain, but we do need gatekeepers and we do need to have strong, able-bodied um, people that are very familiar with some things that um, we can talk about in the, um, off, off this platform. So, yeah, I would, uh, I would love that. Um, I know we have some people down um, in another state also that have um, some some special training. Um, anyway, Pixie from Dixie. And at it will show a shred to Matthew. Oh, I see. Okay, got it, got it, got it, got it. Sorry. Ah, uh, see, mm. questions. Shiloh, do you realize an ice pick lobotomy has produced arsenics in the forests of Washington and Oregon? Yes, yes, I know there's been a lot of arson going on up here, but they do not want to, that going out in the news. Um, so that stuff, those people that have been putting that on YouTube are getting de-platform as fast as you can say it. I mean, think about it. It was only a few weeks ago we were seeing all these lasers being pointed in the Department of Homeland Security um, officers' eyes, those lasers, what do you think what they did with those lasers? How about just pointing them in a dry forest by the side of the road? But we shouldn't talk about that, right? Because, you know, they only use those lasers for upstanding things, right? No. Wow. Blessings, Jose. Thank you. He said that was an awesome message today. Oh, well, thank you, guys. Arc angle welding. Hey, guys, when you say a red line, okay, we're going back to the red line. Yes, red line is at Torah to the tribes. And I see it more. You see, it just stands out. 
Um, Renee at Giggles2, welcome aboard the Tour to the Tribes train. Yes, get on the Tour train. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, Giant Killer says, any good tips for studying out the scriptures in these troubled times for the young men who are learning to be leaders? Yes. I mean, my, the way that I love to study and I was trained to study is, you know, pick a chapter in the scriptures and um, have your notebook by your, your journal by, by your side and pray before you study and then read that passage of scripture and just really meditate on it. And as the Ruach HaKodesh gives you thoughts about something that comes to you, just jot it down in the journal. And then the next day, you do the same thing and jot the thoughts down. And you do that for six days. And then on the seventh day, you take all your thoughts and pray, and then you string all your thoughts together that the Holy Spirit has given you. And maybe, just maybe, will have a whole thought or a teaching or something that will change your life. That's how it happens to me, unless, of course, I'm just kept up all night in tears and trembling, which was the product of today's teaching. So, and also a good email from a blessed, blessed saint earlier in the week that put me in a, a very, very humble way. So, Yah works in phenomenal, powerful ways in our lives, doesn't he? And Shelley Hillis, oh, she must be at home relaxing, Larry, Larry's wife. She says, you are not weak. You are being tried and tested more than most people. That's because you are strong and stand by your beliefs and we'll keep praying for you. What a blessed, wonderful sister we have in Shelley. And thank you, Shelley, for that wonderful word of encouragement. Us all. Psalms 91 from Wilderness Assembly. Psalm 91 is always a good place to go when feeling troubled. Bless all of you. And that's it. That's all we've got for today, apart from not, because Larry has got his hand up and he's going to respond to his lovely wife and say, get the dinner on, please. No, he's not. He's not that carnal. When the Israelites went into the land, they were supposed to kill all the living people and animals but they didn't do that do you see the judgment day as being the fulfillment of that commandment well yes exactly that's a very good um insight ultimately that is isn't it i hadn't thought of it like that thank you very much all right we'll finish here with the last red line here and it is shabbat shalom christine beamer there has been a haze over the sun this past week here on the East Coast from the fires on the West Coast. It seems as this Satan smoke is overshadowing this country. I know. I mean, last week I felt, I'm like, oh my goodness. Did you? I was like, oh, the apocalypse. Not only with everything we've gone through thus far, then the smoke in Oregon was unreal. And then two nights ago... We had hail, I mean, on my metal roof, and I went out, and they were they, it was big stuff and the and the sun was orange and smoke and hail. I mean, I was like, this is ridiculous, this isn't helping me at all. This isn't helping me at all with my mood, so 
recalibration of the saints. But, you know, no wonder, no wonder we're all feeling a spot apocalyptic. It is an amazing time to be alive. But I tell you what, our redemption does draw nigh and we are assured and secured and that we know that it's because of him that we are settled, settled in heaven. And I praise Yah for all, all the saints and pray his blessing upon all of you. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you for hanging with me. Give us some thumbs up and please subscribe to the channel. And I hope to catch you live next Shabbat. And we are coming in to this most holy time of Yom Kippur and then the Feast of Tabernacles. As the prophetic timeline unfolds, we must remember to stay on Yahweh's clock, which are his full feast festivals. Baruch Hashem, Yahuwah. Amen.